Hi, I'm Leslie Ludy, host of the Set Apart Podcast, biblical encouragement for women of all ages. This week, I'm excited to be taking a biblical look at overcoming chaos. Chaos is something that we often accept as normal in our lives, but I'd like to take a deeper look about what the Bible says we can do when our lives feel chaotic. Before we jump in, I wanted to remind you that there's a really powerful series on our Daily Thunder podcast happening right now called Spiritual Lessons from Black and White America. This is a series my husband Eric is doing, and I've done a few guest sessions there, and it's just really a powerful look at American history from the early 1900s until now, and just the spiritual parallels and things that we can learn to apply to our personal lives and in the church as a whole for such a time as this. So I encourage you to check that out. Also, if you are interested in taking a season away to come away with Jesus, to immerse yourself in truth and the word of God, to enjoy fellowship with like-minded believers from all over the world, I encourage you to look at our 2024 Ellerslie Discipleship Training Programs. We would love to host you in Colorado for a week-long program or a five-week program and just invest into your spiritual life. Let's take a look at the biblical perspective for overcoming chaos. Now, being a mother for the past 18 years, I will tell you that when it comes to motherhood, probably the number one word that I've heard spoken that defines a modern mom today would be the word chaos. And I think it's true for a lot of us, even if we're not in that early child raising season of life, chaos has become very normal and very acceptable in our culture. And a lot of us have very chaotic personal lives and very chaotic home lives. One of my favorite books on parenting is called The Shaping of a Christian Family by Elizabeth Elliot. And in the book, she talks about a cartoon that she saw from a Christian magazine that jokingly depicted a chaotic household. She said it was a scene where the mother was disheveled and harried. The children were wildly out of control. The cat and dog were tearing each other's ears off. And the father was a helpless spectator. Now, though that cartoon was meant to be humorous and larger than life, the scene isn't really that different from the state of a lot of Christian homes today. And not only has constant chaos in the home become normal and expected, it's even been applauded and celebrated in many Christian circles. A lot of times just being in the circles of motherhood, I'll see people who are very well-meaning and they're trying to encourage moms of young children who might feel maybe frazzled or overwhelmed. And you kind of hear a message that goes something like this. Sure, your life may be in chaos. Your kids may be out of control. Your marriage may be falling apart and your home may be a constant disaster. But remember that the chaos is beautiful. Embrace the mess. Chaos is just par for the course when you're a mom. As a result of these prevalent ideas, a lot of young moms and even just women who aren't moms but just have a very busy life have begun to accept and celebrate the chaos rather than stopping to consider whether God might have something more for our lives than one big, continual, overwhelming, chaotic mess. Now, I've shared in other episodes that I am definitely no stranger to chaos, especially motherhood chaos. Eric and I waited 10 years before we started a family, and then God blessed us with four children in four years. The youngest two were only seven months apart, and three were in diapers at once, so we had a whole season of our life that was all about potty training and diaper blowouts and temper tantrums and piles of laundry and what I consider to be the Mount Everest of all parenting challenges, getting everyone out of the house on time without a meltdown. Those were all normal occurrences in our home during those early years. And to be honest, even though my children are much older now, some of those challenges still exist, like the never-ending laundry piles and trying to get everyone out the door on time without some kind of drama. In the early years of parenting, I remember vividly 
one chaotic afternoon when I was home by myself with all four of my children. One spilled paint on carpet. Another had an accident on the hardwood floor. Another threw up in her crib and another had a diaper explosion, which of course meant I could not find wipes anywhere in the entire house. It always seemed to work out that way. All of this happened in the space of about 30 minutes and it just felt like my life was spinning totally out of control. There were a lot of moments like that during those early years where I wondered if I'd ever feel on top of my game again. And it was really tempting to just embrace chaos and say, well, this is just normal for the foreseeable future. Now my kids have gotten well past the diaper blowout stage and those aren't really issues in our home, but there are still plenty of moments when my life feels far more chaotic than peaceful. I still have a lot of laundry to deal with, a lot of meals to deal with, a house full of noisy kids and dogs barking and trying to juggle eight different family members' crazy schedules. It's really easy to just want to succumb to the chaos. But as I've studied God's pattern for motherhood, for the Christian life, I've come to the strong conviction that chaos should not be the primary word that describes my life or my home. It's not that I should expect every day to be a picture-perfect fairy tale and end like an episode of Little House on the Prairie or Leave it to Beaver or look as perfect as those amazing home examples that we see on social media. But we should also not resign ourselves to an out-of-control home or personal life. God has something more for us than being constantly frazzled and frustrated, and he has something more for our homes if we have a family than living in a state of continual disaster. And one of the reasons I am so confident on this point is because scripture makes it clear that God is a God of order and peace, not chaos and disarray. Catherine Howard, who was the mother of Elizabeth Elliot, wrote these insightful words about the importance of having order in the home. She said, there is a great deal of talk these days about having things unstructured. Just how can a Christian make this jibe with scriptures like, let everything be done decently and in order, or with a careful study of God's creation? What would happen to the galaxies if they were unstructured? Certainly, there should be order in the home. Now, exchanging chaos for order and peace may feel like an impossible task, or maybe just the word order and structure is intimidating to you because you've been around the abuse of it. Sometimes people use the idea of order and structure to run their home or their lives or their churches like a military boot camp and you live in constant fear of messing up. And that is not God's heart for order or structure at all. But he does have an order and a way of putting things together that puts his priorities in the rightful place and brings peace and brings sort of that feeling of security that comes when we know what is happening and we know what type of atmosphere is meant to be created in our lives and our homes. The good news is that we don't need to somehow come up with the way of exchanging chaos for peace. God himself is interested in the details of our daily lives, and he alone can equip us to build our lifestyles and our homes into a reflection of his orderly and peaceful nature. Now, embracing God's pattern for order does not mean we're never going to experience seasons of chaos. What it means is that we know God has more for us, and so we refuse to accept chaos as the normal outflow of our lives. And there are times when you will see that chaos can actually lead to a greater strength. God will sometimes allow temporary chaos into our lives for the purpose of building greater spiritual strength and godly character within us. 
I wrote a book called Set Apart Motherhood a number of years ago when my children were very young, and I described one of the most chaotic seasons of my motherhood journey, which was the first nine months of being a mom. Our newborn son, Hudson, really struggled with sleep issues and acid reflux, and he basically woke up crying approximately every 30 to 45 minutes all night long, and that cycle continued for about nine months. As a first-time mother, I was at my wit's end. I was exhausted, sleep-deprived. I was concerned concerned about my writing and ministry projects that I was behind on. Eric and I dearly loved our new little boy, but we began to question why God gave us such a high-needs baby when we already had so many other weights on our shoulders. We read in the Bible that children were meant to bring strength into their parents' lives, but it seemed to us that after we had a child, it just brought weakness, stress, and chaos into our lives. One day, though, we began to awaken to a hidden opportunity in that chaotic season that we were walking through. And this is what I wrote about it in my book, Set Apart Motherhood. Eric and I realized that the difficulty and inconvenience of raising a high-strung baby could either strengthen us or weaken us. It all depended on how we responded to the opportunity that God was putting in front of us. Thus far, we had only focused on the hardship, the lack of sleep, and the frustration of having a child who never seemed to settle down. But now we began to thank God for the opportunity to be made strong through the new challenges of parenting. We began to stop complaining and instead we began to rejoice every time we had to wake up in the middle of the night, which was quite often. As we embraced the training opportunity that God had given us, it amazed us to see what happened. You'd think that the lack of sleep would have weakened us, but we started to become stronger. We were able to calmly handle things that used to crush us. Our bodies became disciplined. Instead of our desire for rest controlling us, we were able to respond to the call of God in the morning, even from a dead sleep, instead of yielding to the desire to roll over in bed, to grumble, to complain, and pull the covers over our heads. We began to catch a glimpse of what Paul meant when he said, I discipline my body and bring it into subjection, lest when I preach to others, I myself should become disqualified. If we are willing to rise up and accept the challenge, our kids can make us strong and fit for the battles we are called to fight in this Christian life. Rather than resigning yourself to chaos and assuming it's always going to be this way, I encourage you to ask God what he desires to teach you through whatever experience you're walking through and how he wants to lead you through the chaos to a place of even greater victory. I would like to share a few practical principles that can really help chaos become a catalyst for greater strength in our lives. The first one builds upon the story that I just shared, and it's to thank God. It may seem counterintuitive, but choosing to thank God for our specific challenges and our specific struggles with chaos can actually make us stronger spiritually. The Bible says that we are to give thanks in all circumstances, for this is God's will for us in Christ Jesus. When we align with God's will by giving Giving thanks in difficult circumstances, we will experience his help and his faithfulness. He will also open our eyes to see the higher purpose that he has for allowing that particular challenge into our lives. And I, I know I've shared this story many times before on this podcast, but I always think back to Corey and Betsy Tinboom in the Nazi concentration camp when they were struggling with an infestation of fleas. The constant biting of the fleas was so miserable that they could hardly sleep. There was no way to get away from them. And I really can't imagine many more chaotic circumstances than that. But they chose to thank God for those difficult circumstances, including the fleas. 
They weren't sure why God was allowing the infestation of fleas to continue, but they chose to rejoice and trust him. Later, Corey and Betsy discovered that because of the fleas, they were able to lead nightly Bible studies and bring many of their fellow prisoners to Christ because the guards refused to come inside their flea-infested barracks. That is such an amazing picture of how God uses seemingly chaotic things in our lives for greater spiritual strength when we choose to thank him. So if you are going through a difficult motherhood challenge or any other challenge in your life that makes you feel a little bit out of control, I encourage you to take the time to stop and deliver choose to thank God for that circumstance that you find yourself in. You may not see his master plan right now, but as you choose to agree with his promise that he will work all things together for good to those who love him, you will soon be able to see that even during the hard times and the chaotic seasons, he has your very best in mind. The next principle is to press into him. I have found in my own life that when seasons of chaos come along, it can be really tempting to put aside my relationship with Christ and just go into survival mode until the storm has passed. But this is like heading into a battle without any weapons or protective armor. The only way to find victory through difficulties is to abide in Christ and remain attached to him as our source of life and strength. In times of stress or chaos, you can find tremendous strength, courage, joy, and perspective by running to him and not away from him. Now, of course, it may not be realistic to have a consistent three-hour prayer time every day at the same time every day, especially if you're in a season like raising young children. But I would encourage you to guard your relationship with Christ and to make prayer and time with him and time in his word your highest priority, even if you have to be very creative for when and how you do that, or even if you have to lose a little bit of sleep or forgo a leisure activity to do that. He alone can give you the strength that you need for the daily battles that you're called to fight. And I have learned the hard way not to just try to spiritually coast during seasons of chaos and struggle. I have learned that it is so critical to press into him all the more and tell the story has subsided. And then of course, we want to continue to press into him even after the storm has subsided. If you remain at the master's feet, close to the ankle of the shepherd, as my husband Eric would say, you will experience the peace and the joy that he promises in his word, no matter what your outward circumstances may say. And another key is to not use chaos, or maybe it's kids or a difficult job or a lifestyle where you're on the road or on the go all the time. Don't use that as an excuse for laziness. We've discussed the fact that sometimes God allows temporary chaos into our lives for the purpose of teaching us greater dependence on him and accomplishing his will in and through our difficult circumstances. But at other times, chaos is simply a result of our own laziness. I've been around a lot of young moms who assume that because because young children are often messy and unpredictable, it's okay for them to be messy and unpredictable too. And I really do understand that temptation because there have been so many times when I have felt like there's no sense in even trying to create order and peace and structure and routine at home because I know that my kids are just going to do everything in their power to work against my efforts and it will just be, it feels futile. But I've learned that kids need order and structure and boundaries in their lives in order to thrive and to reach their full potential just the way we do. So if you are one of those women who naturally would shy away from personal discipline, having young kids or other reasons to let chaos reign can be an easy excuse to embrace a sloppy lifestyle. But if we facilitate chaos in our lives under that banner, it's only going to lead to an erosion in our relationship with Christ, an impairment to our Christian witness, and maybe behavior issues in our kids, relational tension among family members if we have families. If you desire greater order and peace in your own life, 
life, in your home life or personal life, I would encourage you to start by taking a careful and honest look at your own schedule and your daily habits. Are you letting personal and spiritual discipline fall by the wayside? Do you assume that just because you are a mom of young children, that you are exempt from God's command to never be lagging in diligence, as it says in Romans 12, 11. To train your children in the pattern of Christ, you need to model it for them through your life and your example. And the same is true for those of us who have influence over others in any sphere of life. Let's not wait for our homes and our lifestyles to somehow magically become orderly on their own, which will never happen, by the way. Let's choose to rise up in God's strength and let the change begin with us. The more we are willing to embrace godly discipline in our own lives, the more we will see the chaos around us in our circumstances or in our homes replaced by order and peace. Again, this is not something that should be attempted through just human willpower or determination. We need to ask God for the grace to change our unhealthy habits into healthy ones and to lean on his strength to become strong in the areas in which we are currently weak. He will be faithful to show us which steps to take and he will give us the strength to take them. There are a lot of misconceptions today about motherhood, about womanhood, and about modern Christian living. The biggest one is that those areas, those seasons of life can be summed up by the word chaos. Since we were created by a God of order on purpose, it stands to reason that his desire and intent for our lifestyles is also one of order and purpose. So next time you're tempted to throw your hands in the air and jump on the chaos bandwagon, take a moment to remember the nature of your heavenly king and ask him to make crooked things straight in your home, in your prayer life, and in your personal life, as it says in Isaiah 42:16, because that is a prayer he delights to answer. I hope you've enjoyed this week's episode. If you'd like to go deeper into building a Christ-centered home or personal life, I encourage you to look at the many articles and resources that we have for you at setapart.org. You can also check out setapartmotherhood.com and look at the online course that I have on motherhood and marriage from a biblical perspective. I pray you have a blessed and Christ-centered week.